So I want to make sure that we're we're taking care of everyone. Um, Juan Carlos, can you let me know? Did that uh, start to address your your question about business plan skeleton? Um, Tom, is there a typical sequence of slides you like to see in a PowerPoint? Yeah. You know, like trend, problem, solution, yeah. etc. Yeah, well, I, I I write about it in my book, and I have a section that that goes over you know what I I like to see, and and then would generally VCs like to see in a in a PowerPoint presentation. Um, and I I think uh, you know each is different, so don't get into these straitjackets. I, I see a lot of people say, well, Caltech has eight slides. I mean, if it needs twenty slides, do twenty slides. I mean, I do what it do what it takes. To get the to get the deal, you know, don't don't straightjacket yourself into something where you feel like, well, this is the way it's done. Um, there's a great uh, post, and I can send it to everybody uh, by Reed Hoffman, who uh, posted his Series A PowerPoint presentation to paper LinkedIn. And awesome. it was a lot of it was a lot of slides. I think it was over 30 or 40 slides, and they were in depth slides. Um, wow. So he'll tell you, you know, it just depends on on the deal, what, you know, you know. So I, but what I do like to see is, uh, like I said, you know, how, how big this market is, uh, and and I think there's a lot of, you know, creative ways of, of addressing that. That you know, because a lot of people just say, well, you know, it's a billion dollars or two billion because some article said it is. Well, I, I don't, and, I, and that's okay. But I think there, there are ways to 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 figure out who your who your market is, and like using Facebook as an example, I mean you can set up a, a free advertising account on Facebook and put in demographics that you're trying mm-hmm. to target, where they're located, their income levels, and you can get a sense of how many people are in those types of categories, and that can give you a sense uh, of your market. There's a lot of creative ways you can use to to get at at some of this stuff. And so the, the typical ways you start seeing these presentations, it's the same thing. You know, over and over again. So you got to set, you know, find a way, you know, to set yourself apart, um, you know, from the crowd. And um, and I think probably the most impressive presentations are those that really go into how they're going to get customers in a cost-effective way. Um, right. I could I, I could raise 100 million and spend a ton of money on on marketing and get customers that way. But uh, uh, you know, like going against LinkedIn. You know, the magic behind LinkedIn was their user acquisition was so low. Um, right. You had, you had these network effects, you know, it was kind of viral. And so, and that was a huge, you know, turned out to be a huge competitive advantage uh, for them. So, um, I just think, you know, think about your story. Think about trying to get your investors excited about it. You know, trying to prove what you're trying to say. And I don't care how many slides it takes. You know, do whatever, you know, you want to accomplish your goal and you're just, and, and, to, and if it takes 12 or 20 slides, that's, that's fine. Yeah. You know, we've got a couple more questions. I know we're pretty okay. much at 1130. So yeah. do you have about another 15 minutes or so if, if people have more yeah. questions? Okay. Sure. Awesome. Thank you. And you know what? Sure. Since we're on the topic of the book as well, I want to make sure uh-huh. to mention the, the generosity of you and, and the publisher. So um, let me just do a little public service announcement here. Um, if you are interested in actually reading Tom's book cover to cover like I am, 
Um, you all saw the picture in the mailing of my journal, my pen, and Tom's book on top of it. That's because it's one that I'm actively reading because I'm always interested in learning more, especially from people who are advanced in it or who have done a lot of the research. I feel like let's go learn from them. So um, Tom has very graciously given me five copies to give out to people that are on this call. And so if you're interested in being entered in a drawing for it, um, what I want you to do is go over to the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash products to profits. That's all spelled out, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S-T-O, profits, P-R-O-F-I-T-S. And we put a post at the top of the page in our um, section. And I want you to go comment on it. It's really clear. It's got a picture of Tom's book. Okay, you'll recognize it from the, the mailing from Friday and today. Go put a comment about what's your biggest takeaway from this call and what's the value that you're getting out of it. And we'll put everybody who makes a comment, we'll put the, you know, all in a raffle and, and we'll get your addresses and we'll send you a book. Um, and if anyone would like to purchase a copy, you want to make ironclad certain that you get one, uh, Tom, you've got a, a special code for people too, right? Right. Yeah. Send that as well. Um, okay. So why don't we do this? I'm going to keep the comments on Facebook open. We'll keep them open for a day. And then um, in the replay announcement for the call, um, which will go out to everybody tomorrow, you'll see that there's a promo code that I think you said it was going to be a 40% discount off the purchase part? Yes. Awesome. So everybody, watch your email for tomorrow morning. I completely recommend and endorse Tom's writing and the value. And it's very plain English, but really high-level thinking and conversation around everything having to do with the startup businesses, finances, and um, there's, there were some subtle points in there, like participation clauses for investors and things that not a lot of people talk about. So I really respected what you're doing. Cool. So go comment on the Facebook page if you want to be put in the raffle for one of the free copies and watch your email for tomorrow for the promo code, okay? And let's see. We've got a question coming in from Denver, Colorado. Uh, the phone number ends in 3218. Go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Tom. This is Kate. Thanks so much for sharing your expertise. I have a question on how do you value value your company early in the game as you're just launching your product and you have an investor coming to you wanting to invest? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, don't waste your money on buying software to tell you what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know uh, and, and uh, don't, don't, you know, there, you know, there's different ways of, of measuring a company that exists, you know, on their earnings or, you know, comparable sales, those kinds of things. But we're talking before that, and so mm -hmm. it's all a matter of negotiation. So to get a good valuation on your company means competition. So. If you only have one investor at the table, you're kind of in trouble. Uh, but if you have 20 investors just dying to get in your company, you can try that valuation. So it, it's more of scarcity uh, than anything else. But the more excitement you create 
and 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 then you can kind of get multiple investors excited into your deal. That is the, the price. Uh, so I, you know, in the early stage, you know, I look at it more as in terms of hopefully you can, you know, maybe you know as a minority percentage, uh, you know, and in fact, a lot of VCs like a Sequoia prefer that. They want to make sure there's enough equity to go around. So if you have an investor that really wants to take a, you know, an early stage, take a majority of, of the company, I, I, I'd not be comfortable with that because it, it mm-hmm. doesn't give you as much motivation going forward. So I, I think mm-hmm. uh, a sophisticated investor will say, you know, I'll take 10% or 20 uh, for mm-hmm. 100 grand or a million dollars or something like that. So I try to focus more on that. But again, you get more valuation points. Now, the valuation can be also impacted by the type of stock that they get as well. So if they get preferred stock, you know, it may sound like, uh, you know, you see these headlines and TechCrunch and so forth, you know, multi-billion dollar valuations. Well, um, there are cases where it seems like, oh, this person's a billionaire. And then when it sells below the valuation, they wind up with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could actually have a huge outsized valuation on the deal on the exit. If it's below the amount invested, you potentially mm. could have zero. Um, so it depends on, it's not just, you know, the price per share, but it's also the terms of the equity that has a huge impact, could have a bigger impact on what happens to you, because that's the most important thing, mm-hmm. right? Not, right. You know, you know, so I think that's the, uh, um, so I think it's just, uh, that's the thing, it's just try to get as many people as interested in your company as possible, get them excited, and that creates, mm-hmm. you know, the valuation expansion. Very good. But, Thank so, you. Yeah, so there's, much, no, there's really no, yeah, there's no formula to this. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Supply and demand. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Tom. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so Kate, I'm going to mute your line, and we've got a couple more questions coming in. Um, there's one from our webcast. Um, okay. Is the investor mainly interested in getting his money back soon with interest? Or is the investor more interested in getting involved in your company as part of the owner? Um, no, okay, so there there are types, different types of investors. Um, sometimes what you may have uh, are, you know, something was known as a convertible note uh, or some type of bridge loan, uh, which are structured in a way to give you some money until you get a bigger financing. And that investor may want some interest and they want their money back. Um, so that's fine. Just record, you know, just record, you know, that's the type of investor. The problem is that there may not be a follow on investment and that investor may wind up being a long term investor, uh, anyway. Um, so, uh, which could cause some suspension. And, uh, and if that's the case anyway, this business may be going nowhere. So, that person could lose their whole investment in that case, or it may take years and years to get the investment back. Um, so, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, if, if, if it's a short-term investment, it's usually a small amount of money, maybe 50 to 100 grand, and that goes into a larger financing, say a million or two million dollars. That's the way I've seen these types of things. But, yeah. Got it. You know, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a great distinction. Really good distinction about the different kinds of investors, too. That's why yeah. um, 
you know, it's really important to look at the kind of investor you're bringing in for one yeah. and yeah. you know, sort of the, are they in it just for the money or are they caring about your business as well? Or, you know, yeah. what kind of communication can you even have with them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you go, you go into Silicon Valley and there's, you know, years and years that have evolved with angel investors that understand the game and they understand probably they're not going to get their money back. And if they do, it's going to take a long time. Um, yeah. If you go, go outside that bubble, um, it gets tougher to find those longer term investors. Uh, they hear about the Facebooks or Twitters going crazy and GoPros going crazy and they think I can, I can make a quick hit. And that's just not the way it usually, sometimes it happens. It usually just takes a long time. And so you got to set your expectations with your investors and be upfront with them and tell them, you know, this is going to take a while, you know. The opportunity is great, it's huge, but uh, and, and remind them that a lot of these invest, you know, these great companies did take a while for them to become big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? Um, we've got some comments coming in on Facebook, and uh-huh. um, you know, Melissa Ortega is saying, you know, great info. Thank you, Tom. I'll be working on a new PowerPoint. Can't wait to read <laughs> the book. Um, and Karen, who you spoke with a little bit ago, you know, she's like, yeah. I like the fact that I don't need a huge detailed business plan to present to VCs. Yeah. It's more about the PowerPoint and the executive summary. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. you got to get them interested, and they'll ask for more as they need it in due diligence, too. So Exactly. There's, there's and, and I think uh, it's important to just, uh, you know, because what might happen is, you you set goals right, and and you show that you hit goals and you exceed them, uh, and then you'll also say you know here's our game plan for the next year. An investor may not invest today, but six months from now they may invest because during that six months you hit some more goals. So you know set these goals up, hit these goals, and then that shows momentum and that gets investors excited too. Uh, and on the on the uh, Oh, real quick on the on the PowerPoint too. Um, I had the PowerPoint for uh, Airbnb, their deal. It's only mm-hmm. ten or nine slides, and I have some analysis. I can also forward that as well as, as a point of reference for us. Uh, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. That's really generous, sure. everybody. I'm, you know what? These are really high quality presentations that got funded, that yeah. are viable businesses out there in the world that you've heard of and and have used. I was literally on Airbnb's site last night looking at places on Kauai. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. So um, really, really generous. Thanks. And we'll make sure to get them out to everybody. It just occurred okay. to me that we have some people that are um, listening to this or on this call that might not be on Facebook. They don't use it. We actually do okay. have some people that um, – so if that's the case, just email – you know, reply to one of the announcements with a comment, and we'll make sure that we put you in the drawing, even if you're not on Facebook. I don't. I want to make sure that we include everybody. So let's see. We've got another question from a caller um, in uh-huh. Texas, and the number ends in five eight five seven. You. Uh, what's your question for Tom? Hi, uh, this is Lil, and I am calling because, um, like. A lot of entrepreneurs, I'm on the kind of creative side, mm-hmm. and um, as far as I don't know if you're only talking about investors, but what I'm interested in and in finding out is since you're on the finance side, 
you know, how do you find that financial person or get some consultation, you know, to be able to build that side of the business? And mm-hmm. what is your recommendation? Uh, what what I'm trying to do is to raise money through crowdfunding. So, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and, you know, struggling with trying to figure out what projections to have and uh-huh. that kind of thing. So uh, just would be interested in your feedback coming from your point of view. Uh, I, I do help companies with that, um, uh, and I've actually helped some companies in the Austin area, uh, for example, on projections and finances and stuff like that. Uh, and um, so those are things I can help out with, or uh, there's a ton of local people, I'm sure, too, that can that can do that. Um, so in, in terms of uh, crowdfunding, though, um, you know, that, that's a new area. Are you talking more debt or equity? Um, Lil, let, let me clarify the, clarify something. Okay. There's, for everybody on the call, because not a lot of people understand that there's actually kind of two forms of crowdfunding going on. There's like Kickstarter or Indiegogo or Rocket Hub where it's, it's premium-based. You know, I, I speak with the, the founders of Rocket Hub and we speak on panels together. Those are where you're um, asking basically for a donation and you're going to send one of your widgets when you get it done. Um, where as there's the newer form of it is about bringing in equity people, you know, people that are buying stock in your business. And um, I'm not sure if the, the implementation rulings are completely final on that. Right. So. Yeah. 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 Well, and there's also debt where you can get a loan, uh, such mm-hmm. as from um, Lending Club or Prosper and things like. I think up to thirty-five thousand can get can get a loan. Um, so it, it depends, what, you know, um, you know, I, I think Kickstarter is a great idea. I think it's a, I, I've thought to work with different companies that have done that, uh, and it's worked out very well for them. Uh, you know, it's a great way to test the idea, kind of lower your risk level. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's really smart. Uh, you know, the loan option, if you do crowdfunding with, with loans, uh, could be usually get a lower interest rate, and uh, I think it's a it's, you know I think a lot of times they're three or four year loans you have to pay them off uh, immediately, uh, so I think those can work out. Uh, the equity side is is still to be determined, uh, and I'm a little leery on on equity. Um, you know, like I talked about earlier with these uh, entities. You know, if you did an S corp, uh, you can only have a hundred at hundred shareholders, uh, so crowdfunding may not work. With, with an S corp, might have to C corp or something like that, or LLC. Uh, I think also, you know, having one or two or five investors is kind of hard enough, but having a hundred or two hundred just seems insane. Uh, so I, I, I would be very careful on the equity side of crowdfunding. Um, it seems like there's just a lot of issues there that the complications. Uh, and that's probably why it's taken so long to figure this out, as opposed to debt. Debt is easy. That is definable. You know what you're getting. Equity, a lot of things that could go wrong, and there's a lot, of, like I said, a lot of complexities about how you structure the equity, uh, what type of stock, and so forth. So, uh, but I, but I do like that, you know, if you're if you're doing kind of the Kickstarter or the uh, the loan idea, I think those are those are good. Yeah. So, Lil, does that help address your question? 
<laughs> what, what I was really asking was um, getting somebody uh, as part of, since I'm a startup, um, mm. how do you go about finding somebody to work in your business that mm-hmm. like mm. is like you, that's on the yeah. financial end, you know, that... Yeah. Um, I mean, how would you recommend? Um, I mean, I guess that's something that you do, or yeah, yeah, I've, I've done that with companies. I don't know if you need someone. I mean, so there are different ways of doing it. I, I've seen um, there's companies like B two B CFO that have outsourced CFOs or outsourced financial advisors who maybe come to your company uh-huh. once once a week. It depends on business. Sometimes you really need that. Uh, you may have a lot of payroll to be done or things that you really need someone there, but you don't need someone there full time. So there's that. You know, there's others where you're just looking for projections, uh, you know, some advice or how to put together, you know, the books so everything looks looks okay. Um, there are a lot of people that, that can do that, and they don't even necessarily have to be local. Uh, but, you know, someone uh, in terms of finding that, that person, it's just I think like any advisor, you know, try to get you know referrals, trusted people. If you have an attorney, you know a lot of times they're a good source of, of, of those types of people. Um, there's no shortage of people that can help with that part of. Uh, when it, Lil, when it comes are, to yeah, yeah. when it comes to like sales ramp up projections on retail products. I actually review those for clients, and, you know, we do that through consulting. But we don't write the rest of the financials. And, you know, a contract CFO can be a good way to go, um, you know, depending on what it is you need done is really what it comes down to. Like, what are you thinking you need is a good place to start with finding the person because there's different skill sets. You know, if you want someone to help you do financials for investors, um, that's not necessarily an ongoing function in your company. Yeah, yeah. that's a yeah. one-off. That, I guess it's just that I feel um, like I don't. I didn't go to business school. I don't know mm-hmm. what I need really. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to grow a business, and um, I want somebody that's an expert financially. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't need that as much as I think I do. But um. yeah, the, the projections. Well, I think uh, you know they're always you know, early stage companies. They're almost always wrong. Um, and uh, you know, the rule of thumb is always come up with your estimated expenses, double them. Usually, cost more than you think they will. And you know, cut in half whatever. You know, this is what investors do. Cut in half whatever they say the revenues would be. Because um, it's always tougher to get customers usually. So, um, it, it, it's like, like Amy said, it's, it's more of a one-off. Putting together projections are not should not take long. It should not be something you get an outsourced CFO. That's what I was saying. An outsourced CFO, someone that you got a lot going on, you got some, you know employees, you got a lot of contracts, you need things to to be done in a regular fashion. Whereas uh, projections, kind of like a form of art, and you know, it may take three or four hours to put together. I don't think uh, that's so. Cut cut in half yeah. what you think you can make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think no. <laughs> the investors, the investors will do that. You know, investor will say, 
okay, what, and they want more, usually they want more detail on the expenses because those are more knowable than revenues. Um, it's hard to project revenues. It's a lot easier to project what you're going to spend. So, uh, so when you're putting together your projections, you know, and a lot of times they'll also say, okay, we want, you know, a, a month by month look at the, at the, Revenue and expenses for the first year, and then for year two and three, just put an annual amount. Because I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, right. So, and then you just you just say, okay, kind of come up with some idea of how you're going to, you know, what it takes to get a customer, how much they're going to pay you, how many customers you'll get for the first year, second year, third year, and then drill down a little bit deeper on the expenses, uh, what this is really going to cost you. And that's where the, you know, it gets enlightening because then you, you start realizing, oh my God, it costs, you know, I probably need to raise more money than I thought I would have to. Uh, yeah. Usually the conclusion. So, uh, yeah. and part of that is just going out and, you know, it's really, nowadays with the internet, it's so easy because you, know, you can go and price a lot of these services as you go checking out different websites and figuring out what, what the expenses will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, it's a good exercise to go through. And in fact, I think it's even better if you try it yourself. Just like what I said, you know, just here are my here's what I think I'm going to make from customers, and I'm going to charge them, and really get detailed for the first year and a month by month look at at your expenses. And that'll go a long way of creating your. Own. And Thank you so much, um, Lil. The other point about what Tom was just saying is. Anybody who's working on projections with you is going to need you to do that brain dump anyway. Yeah. Because well, you're going to know. That's something I've already, you know, been working on. I just am lo- always looking for, because that was a good kind of uh, pointer to cut in half what you think you might be doing. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. 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 So half on top, double on the bottom. Cool. Yeah. That's a, okay, that's good. Well, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> Lil, go put that over on Facebook because that's a good one for everybody. <laughs> okay. 